Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I just want to take a moment to mention the podcast sponsor, retrogamestore.com.au. Head over there for all your Game Boy refurbish and repair needs. Screens, shells, buttons, and all the bits and pieces. And there's a complete custom build made to order service as well. Also, plenty more retro gaming goodness like video cables, display stand and power supplies, controllers, etc. And you can add the code PIXELPI at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, take a moment to say if you enjoyed this episode and haven't already, give it a subscribe or follow and a review where you can. And maybe you want to recommend the Pixel Pie podcast to anyone you know that would enjoy it. That'd be really appreciated. So, thanks for listening. And now let's get on with the show. He's Ben. He's Greg. And we're Game Changer Mods. And you're listening to the Pixel Pie Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? How are you? Pretty good. Good, Greg, Ben, uh, to for Brooklyn. What, what's going down? Much. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. hanging out. We did, we did some mods today, winding down the week. Oh, really? Yes, God. long long week of mods. We made a lot of boys this week. Wow. I looked at somewhere I read on, I think on your Instagram or YouTube, it's like, oh, probably in, in the book that we're going to talk a bunch about. Um, thousands of game boys yeah we've officially definitely made thousands of game boys at this like point. multiple thousands it's crazy to think about it. it is crazy i mean yeah. we just passed three thousand sales on etsy so that's at least that many yeah sorry how many at least two thousand our game boys probably yeah wow. we just passed three thousand sales on etsy that is epic, epic, cool. Look, I really want to talk about that, but also I want to um, – I've got you guys here on the 10th episode, um, and, like, it's just been so much fun. It's only been 10 weeks, but I feel like I've been doing this for months and months and months, you know, six months, and I've just met so many great people. And um, the sponsor, retrogamestore.com.au, Craig, you know, he's been really supportive from the start, and he's just come through, and we've had a giveaway. And um, if you were part of it, you knew how it worked. And so at the, it's a shiny pocket, brand new, beautiful, gorgeous, clear shell, IPS screen, just, oh, my gosh, someone's very going to be very happy. So at the end of this episode, I'll announce the winner, and that person will um, will get what they deserve. So with that aside. So who, who uh, so that, that's a Game Boy provided by this this local gaming shop yeah 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 yep yep my sponsor retrogamestore.com.au here in australia do they have a physical store i don't believe he does no i think he's all online but this is this is craig's full time like i'm gonna i'm slowly coaxing craig he's he's a little bit sort of shy and he says that uh i don't know if i've got much to say but anybody that goes into game boys Retro gaming full time is. I think they've got something to share, so we'll get to hear more. Yeah. So is he mostly a modder, or does he just sell all sorts of retro uh, stuff? I, I think uh, Craig does a bunch of a lot. I mean, I think like most people, he started in just like sort of flipping a couple. But um, if you go to his website, you know, it's, it's. I would I would say if anybody that's looking to buy what they need and isn't already got their own source straight from AliExpress, you're going to do a pocket and you're like, hey, I've got this pocket's a bit janky. I need a shell. I need a screen. Oh, I need a lens or I need buttons. You just buy the whole lot, you know. So, right, uh, right. but but I bought like um, VO cables and a bunch of other stuff for like my Mega Drive and that. So you know, it's covering some some pretty good bases there. Anyway, yeah. enough about yeah. Craig. <laughs> Let's talk about you guys. <laughs> um, look, initially, and I'll be totally open open with you. Uh, initially, it was Greg, and I was talking wanted to talk to you about your book, uh, Game Boy Modding, by Greg Farrell at Game Changer uh, underscore mods. And then it became quite apparent as I went through the book, uh, there's a brother um, and the brother is Ben. <laughs> and um, so it, it's really a journey for both of you. And I, I would really like you to kind of take us back because there's a really cool little comic in the front of you. You're obviously a, a comic artist yourself, Greg. There's a really cool little comic in the front that explains 
your journey. And anybody, if you're if you're walking past this book on the shelf, just pick it up, just read that because I think you're guaranteed to put it under your arm and pay for it from then on. Just take us back on that little journey where it all started, and and I guess sort of the floor is yours to bring us up to up to date. I mean, I think that it's it's a universal thing at this point. Like I see a lot of YouTube videos more and more every day about, especially people with brothers, I feel like yep. they all have this story of, you know, how they gamed with their brothers, like what their first main console was and like all these sort of milestones that they, that they went through on their like gaming journey. And then these moments that inspired them to become a YouTuber or, or something mm-hmm. to take it to the next level. I mean, I feel like that's just uh, at this point, it's not actually the most unique story. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. one that we can all relate. To. Yeah. yeah, this is true. But I guess uh, you know, you, you guys, and I were talking about the numbers. Like I read somewhere, maybe in the book, thousands of Game Boys have passed through your hands. Um, that's pretty unique. Uh, and I think especially there's a lot of good people in the community now that are possibly listening to this, that in the last 18 to 24 months has been a real boom in this particular niche of a niche of a hobby. Um, but you guys have been doing that a little longer than the last 18, 24 months. Uh, probably laid a lot of the track work for the, you know, the express train that's come through. Yeah, I think that, well, I, I started it by myself about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And Ben, Ben and I have been doing it together for like, uh, a year and a half now almost two years yeah and um when i started it it was not like it is now and there were a couple people that i noticed that i i saw and i could i saw that they were selling them on etsy like now i mean i get people following me on instagram all day every day Mm. talking about you know their new modder check out my etsy shop and everything yeah and uh I definitely did the same exact thing four years ago, but it was not near where it is now. And uh, mm. I think just, yeah, the explosion happened about 18 months, maybe like you're saying. And uh, I'm glad that the book came out when it did because oh. it coincided with that and yeah. maybe it contributed. To that. But um, yeah, it's cool to see everybody doing that. And, yeah. So where yeah, we, as far as the book sorry, goes, Kevin. Um, Greg, Greg has been running the, the Instagram and he, he did the book by himself pretty much. I right. came on just as it was um, being published. So perfect timing to slide on in there. Once the work the book, <laughs> it helped a lot in other ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, he, he had to learn modding after I did. So he, he used the book a little bit. So, uh, so. Isn't that ironic that, uh, so Ben, you're the older brother. No, he's older. I'm, oh. I'm, we have one other brother, so right. he's the youngest. I'm, I'm in the okay. middle. It, it's yeah. kind of funny, though, because in the book it explains that, you know, you were kind of getting the hand-me-downs, Greg, from your brother, and it's yeah. just, it just sort of flows, you know, through the family, all that stuff. And you're right. Like, I guess there's, you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter, and we look at what the challenges she has growing up as a kid, and, you know, there's this she doesn't have a brother or a sister to kind of go, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, if a, if a sister plays hockey, often the younger sister will like, well, I'm going to be better at her than hockey. So I'm going to play a bit of hockey, yeah. you know, so to have that with you guys. Um, so just sort of maybe getting into some of the intricacies of, you know, as a business, say four years ago, Greg, where, where were you getting all of your stock from or your Game Boys or your shells or your buttons or things? Because obviously AliExpress and places like that, it's just, yeah, like which one do I buy? This it's it's ridiculous. So, what was your process so four years ago? Four years ago, I was basically just scrounging from wherever I could, mostly on eBay. Mm. Um, prices were a lot lower back then for Game Boys. They're almost tripled at this point. But um, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, our prices have gone up too. Accordingly, uh, yeah. back then I was selling a front lit Game Boy Color for like. $110. Right. Um, now we sell them with the IPS screen for around 220 Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, that being said, parts are a lot easier to come by now. Like, mm. and, you know, like I was saying, this boom happened. And I think, um, like, modders like us or like someone like Peg City, you know, like, we make our money and we do good, but there are, like, extremely large companies with many many thousands of dollars invested in this hobby 
who, um, yeah, I think definitely like blew up in the last two years and, and that makes it easier to, uh, for people to get parts and things like that. So, mm. um, it's, it's, and you know, people like, I think you had like yesterday's tech and those people yep. on, on your, yep. Sam and Kelsey. You know, yeah. Like even that sort of side of it is just casting buttons and things like that. There's more people doing all that stuff. It's, it's, uh, uh everywhere you turn, there's a new, like something new that someone's putting out there in some, some quantity that you can get. Yeah. The, the screen thing is crazy, isn't it? Like I've come from a few years back, I was right into, you know, quadcopters, you know, 250 size racing quads. And, you know, I sort of started playing with that sort of uh, FPV drone stuff like uh, six, seven years ago. And the control board was kind of janky and the buttons were physically on it. And within sort of a four to five years period, just like it seemed like, there was a nuke flight controller that was USB-C at the end of its evolution. Like every three months, whether it be cloned by, you know, it'd be made by company X, then cloned by company B. And then they're like, well, now we're going to have to beat it. And it's just like the latest is that uh, as the time, at the time of recording, that latest drop in GBA IPS, like that's, that's a fantastic opportunity to take something that you love and not damage it, but still be able to use it. Um, so, I mean, you guys have seen, I guess, the entire evolution. And, and I mean, how is that? Your book is very much about, in my opinion, restoration. Um, so how do you kind of deal with that situation where oh, I'm, I'm taking these good things and I'm just sort of rebuilding them? Um, does it ever sort of tug at your heartstrings a bit? Because I have choices. I have a pocket to tear down today to put into a shell I've been waiting for. Well, there's, there's part of me that does not want to. I feel like I... My favorite mod is the uh, is the um, uh, just the straight up backlight. Yeah. In the DMG because yep. it's it keeps the original screen. Yeah. Yeah. From the Game Boy, so you still get that classic feel. Yeah. I don't ever feel bad tearing into it though. It's mm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I definitely still have a thick skin. Yeah. I'm, exactly. He's less sentimental. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. What, did you say lambs to the slaughter? Yeah. Correct. I mean, yeah. It, it, <laughs> If you're a butcher or whatever, you own a slaughterhouse. Then oh, this is true. Like, yeah, you can't true. be looking at every lamb and, and wishing to have it as a pet, you know. So I, I definitely don't mind slicing in there. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is kind of what you're getting at before about the book is that um, it did only it came out basically one whole year ago. Yeah. And um, that's kind of recent, but also like by, by the day it came out it was already outdated like i really don't talk about the ips screens in there too much there's like mm -hmm. a little mention because they, yep. were, they were on the scene yeah but uh i hadn't really had too much experience with them and so um literally in the last year these tech has exploded and exponentially and yeah um, agreed those seem to be the ones that everyone wants and, and they're also obviously a lot easier to do but i think like what ben was saying and i agree is that the the I mean I think the chapter in the book about the DMG backlight and the bivert is is will for forever be relevant because mm -hmm. that's really like the nitty gritty of doing a Game Boy mod and like when you when you pull that apart and see how that works then you get a real good understanding for what's going on whereas if you buy like a DMG if you IPS, just throw this whole screen away yeah really. you literally yeah. with those IPS mod you just you're just taking that out and throwing it away and then plugging half, in a new half thing the, and, like, half the machine is now redundant yeah mm. yeah so mm. i feel like if people are just jumping to those um they're missing out a little bit on it but um it's you know more power to them it's great but i, I do yeah. think there's some sort of nitty-gritty that's maybe getting left behind a little bit yeah my, my first sort of game boy modding experience was exactly that uh, a backlight a uh, handheld legend backlight and the bivert mod um and there was definitely that, and, you know, and it's funny sort of flicking through your book and you know, like when you get something, you flick through it and you sort of put, I leave it around and I flick through it again. And then, you know, the last night, obviously I did a little bit of my homework and I read in there about Newton rings and, oh, dude, when I put this thing together <laughs> and there was these weird like oily blob things and I was like, what is this? This is. And I, I actually had an email ready to go back to Handheld Legends saying, mm -hmm. you dude sent me a dodgy screen. Like, this backlight does not work. And I was kind of talking to a buddy. He's like, have you heard of Newton rings? I was like, I don't know. And the, so I'll explain. The concept is just you, 
the screens are touching, and so you get this kind of looks a bit like a tiny fingerprint. And then it's, as la- it's almost like a lattice work. Yeah, yeah, thing. that's right. And then in your book, it, as explained, um, you just put a, a fine layer of talcum in the side just to keep that microscopic separation between those three layers, and it's gone. Like that's that is a an element of a forgotten an art that's going to get left behind with the IPS stuff. And if you're into restoring, and I own a lot of restored, like you know, twenty odd in good condition restored game boys but i have an ips of everything because i'm 47 and the eyes and the light and it's just it's just nicer and even now with all the pixelation that's coming through these boards is amazing um now i, I kind of want to stay with game changer mods but i do want to lean into the book where where you want um and for me the book is um you know, it's kind of like if you have like an old, say, 72 Mustang and a couple of the, a bit of the wiring behind the dashboard's gone out and there's a few bulbs that are gone and you could probably look up, you know, uh, mustangleds.com and get all those parts and you could replace them. But if you're the kind of person where you want to put in the legit wiring, the correct gauge, you want those voltages to be right and you want to get the bulbs off some dude that worked for Ford and has 7,000 in a box sitting in his shed or a barn out in the middle of nowhere. And that's what this book is about. It's about restoring and bringing things. And I think that the fact that you just cut off where the technology kind of ended and went, yes, there's IPSs, but this is it. That actually makes the book timeless because that's history and it's never, it's ever going to change. And I, I really, um, I really commend you for that. I would like you to maybe if, um, if you want, go into the book, because I think in this day and age of like media saturation and social media, it's impossible for anybody that hasn't done it to know what it's like to have a book in the world on shelves. So in this day mm-hmm. and age, you know, 2020 was a tough year for a lot of people. So can you take us through the process of like how long it really took you and how many publishers turned you down and, you know, walking past bookshelves and sort of going, gee, I wish they, do you have a box of them in the, in the garage? Like, please open our eyes up to the reality of doing that. Um, the reality of getting a book published is uh, it's a pretty annoying process. <laughs> and <laughs> I will, uh, I mean, thankfully on this one, uh, I only pitched it to one publisher and I took it right away. So oh, boom. that was, that was just because I, I worked at a bookstore for the last 13 years. Right. And so you had a pretty good eye for who was publishing what. And so it was a pretty targeted pitch. Um, so I got lucky in that regard, but then there's about two years of just nonsense that follows where, um, you have to sit down and make the book and then put it in front of editors and they have their own idea. And I think one of the, uh, one of the weird things about this one and the editors is like, they don't really no start you publish it. They do a lot of uh, like hacker stuff and, and books about coding and things like that. Right. And, um, but they, they didn't really know anything about game boys or retro gaming and, uh, but they thought it was cool. And so, I had to sort of uh, struggle a little bit with them and be like, no, this is cool. This works. And, and, and sort of try to open their eyes a little bit to mm-hmm. what, what the scene was kind of mm-hmm. and be like, yeah. trust me, I, I have people on Instagram who, who want it to look this way. Or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it takes about two years to do a book like that from start to finish. And uh, it's just a lot of it is, uh, sitting down and putting in the work and mm. making making the words sound good and <laughs> it's not it's not really that much fun like the fun part all happens in the first two months and then in the last day when you finally get it and like you, you know like you said having a book out there in the world on the shelves like it's always cool when someone sends me a screenshot of them in barnes and noble and they see it on the shelf and stuff. oh yeah um, but it's just a lot of work honestly and not a lot of money comes from it and yeah it's a labor of love so i appreciate everyone who who loves it and and appreciates it so Mm -hmm. it's really the most rewarding aspect of it to me Mm, yeah i can imagine it'd be a challenge dealing with people that have no idea you hear this about uh, I, I'm currently re-watching um, The Office, the US version, and I'm also listening to a podcast, uh, who, the guy that played Kevin, you know, and, and, that, and he'll interview people that took the show and spoke to Gervais and stuff and just sort of went to the, 
you know, the TV was big back then. You still had big networks. There was not a lot of streaming and stuff. And sort of going, I need you to understand where the comic, where the comic geniuses. Um, this is what we need to do. Uh, I do not need this ha- hamstrung from the star yeah. and talking to people that are like, that's yeah. all good and well, but we're going to make our quota on this shit. And if you don't, we just got to trust you. Yeah, it's not really what we do. So I guess um, going into that with a humble and understanding uh, personality is, is a big, big key, key asset. Yeah. You know, like it's the classic, like the suits don't really know yeah. what's, what's good. But meanwhile, they're calling all the shots kind of thing. But yeah. I, I, I never said I had a humble personality going <laughs> into I, I start fights with people all the time. All right. And, you know, sometimes they're just not, they're just not up to snuff. And I'm like, I, I don't think I'm humble during the process of making the book. It's after it comes out that I'm a little bit humble. But... All right. Oh, maybe, maybe that was part of your win then was like sort of not backing down. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I've never had a book, two books published by the same publisher, I think. Is because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. So you've done other books. Is that right? Like some graphic novels? Yeah. This is like my fifth book. Basically. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And after all that being said, uh, there's rumor you were thinking about a second book. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd love to do a second book. I could bust one out. Um, I have, you know, I got a whole outline done for it, but yeah. Uh... Mm. I act, well, I, I pitched it to the publisher, No Starch. They didn't want it. Um, oh, no, him again. Uh-uh, get out of here. <laughs> I think that's literally what their attitude was. Yeah. Um, and then I pitched it. I tried to get an agent. I pitched it to an agent. And, and, and I was like telling him that it was unfortunate that by the time this one came out, there were all these developments in the scene. So mm. it needs a second volume. That was part yeah. of my pitch. And he was mm. like, yeah you're right and by the time this second one comes out it will be outdated too mm. so mm. never mind so it's just mm. like i don't know like mm. i said the publishing is just super annoying and it's like a constant uphill battle and and trying to show people what's cool and mm. tell them why things are cool it's just a lot of, that that's the biggest part of it is convincing people to like buy into your idea i feel like yeah well i reckon like um like obviously for you, there's you know boxes you want to tick or goals you want to achieve, but as an individual standalone book, like it, it, it's not like one of those films where you go, oh, this could really do with a sequel. It doesn't feel like that. It feels complete. Um, you know, yeah. one thing in here that, uh, and I would like to sort of see people because I'm a bit sentimental and stuff. I would like to see people understand the history of the Game Boy. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I have a lot of knowledge, but I can't remember any of it. You know, just because you heard something doesn't mean you you know what you're talking about. But there's a bunch of stuff in here about Gunpo Yokoi. And, you know, his story alone, sort of being a maintenance dude and just making a little hand grabby thing, which I knew when I read. Yeah, and it's just to see someone else that knows the story and then says, you know, where this is, um, I'm going to quickly flick, 240 pages. And you took a whole couple of pages plus, um, plus some drawings um to explain that to put that information in there that this is where this all started with this dude back there and i think a lot of times what what occurs to me uh is that this community is very much built from makers especially when we start talking about the casting uh and gunpoint was effectively the first maker yeah. you know in the in the game boy scene um yeah so when you're um did you do all the photos in the book yourself Every single thing you see is 100% done by me. The photography is interesting in that, again, it sort of takes me to the um, that almost like a kind of garage textbook type yeah. uh, maintenance manual because it's in black and white. Um, I know. But because it's in black and white, it adds that neutrality, but it also allows you just to focus on what's really going on in the pictures. But everything is just so clear. Um, you can't sort of get confused. Uh, it's really great. Um, so with uh, with the book, do you think you kind of feel like, man, I think I did it? And um... well, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it is complete. Although there there there's one thing that someone mentioned once that I should have put in there is about uh, capacitors. Like right. I'm a little bit of a lazy modder, and I think Ben and I kind of agree on this. Is that you know, and also as a business person, time is money, so. Thanks you don't want to spend too much time like fixing a board, just get a new one and move on kind of thing. 
Um, so I never really messed with capacitors too much, um, but that would have been nice to have in there. That's really the only thing I, I feel like might might have been left out. But I do think that uh, I have, you know, I have a lot that I would want to say in the second volume. You know, I wanted to talk a lot about audio mods and chip tunes and making music with the Game Boys. Like I'm, I'm also a musician, so right. Um, I wanted to do a whole section about like how to use um, uh, what's it called uh, nano. Like I don't know if you're familiar with these programs that that are used to make like program beats on on a game. Uh, what's that one called? Loop, loop. Is it like one called uh, was it um, LSDJ? LSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, it's not something um, I delve into, but I am familiar because I listen to enough podcasts where it comes up, and there's like, you know, eight bit tune festivals and stuff when they were allowed to do yeah. that, and it's pretty bloody rad. Yeah, I wanted to interview some musicians and have that be a whole part of it, and talk about all the other stuff that's happening out there. So yeah, I mean, I definitely, I don't think it would be as long, but I, there's definitely a whole other book that I could do. You also have so much more experience. Too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Offer. Yeah, I'm just flicking through. There's a uh, a part in here about an artist that you kind of highlight. Where is that? Muic Mucat? Oh, sorry, I'm yeah, Music Cat. Okay, so can you take us? Because again, I I think this is this is all valuable real estate, and you felt uh-huh. that you felt that you wanted to sort of put that in there. Is that something you want to talk about? Well, um, I don't know if you're familiar with her mo- her mods and her art. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but um. This was back a year and a half ago when, you know, you see it now with the UV prints, you know, on yeah. the, all these Game Boys have these fancy designs. There's people like, uh, I guess, 8-Bit Pixel Dust or, or whatever their yeah. name is. And they're doing, or DM Genius, they're doing these hand-painted designs on there. And, um, you know, really fancy, pretty looking Game Boys. But back two years ago, or actually, I've been I've been working with, with uh, Jacqueline, that's Mizu Cat, for maybe th- more than three years. We've been we've been sort of collabing on mods since a long time ago. Yeah. And this was before everyone was dropping these, these hot shells with the designs and stuff. So she's just this amazing artist who not only draws um, like, uh, you know, um, I'm looking at her one of one of her pictures right now. I can't really think of how to describe it, but she's an amazing visual artist, and she's also interested in Game Boy and old tech and '80s stuff and things like that. Yeah, and um, paints uh, Game Boys and uh, does like uh, Casio keyboards and, and Tamagotchis and stuff. Anyway, she's an amazing um, painter of, of objects, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, she, it's a thing now. Yeah, and the hand and painting is is a thing. Like when I spoke to Sam and Kelsey, I mean that's how Sam wrote Kelsey into. He's like, "Hey, you can paint these," and she's like, "Really?" And it turned out they both discovered quite rapidly that it's a lot harder than it seemed. Yeah. It's not just a canvas. There's less control over the surfaces. There's a different goal in the end because you kind of want to give it to someone and say, "Hey, now go and lose your shit over a game on it." You know, which is it's not as robust. It, it becomes more. A, a work of art than it does it's still a game board that you can kind of like throw on the couch because you're running off to answer the door. Yeah. that That's the thing that I, you know, being an artist, you know, um, it always kind of intrigued me of the best way to put your designs on a game board. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, obviously you're, you're gripping this thing with your sweaty hands the whole time. So yeah. put, sometimes doesn't work the best, but uh, yeah. No, um, so Mizu Cat just did it. She always did an amazing, amazing job, and her designs were always awesome. And we've modded a, a bunch of her hand painted Game Boys. And um, now Retro Modding has like at least four. I, I think they're working on their fifth design with her. And um, they're all just amazing. So mm. definitely have to shout her out in the book. Yeah, yeah. She deserves the real Exactly. Mm. So uh, maybe sort of leaning back towards um, the the game changer mods as a business. So Ben, um, I, I mean, were you kind of just on the outside and seeing your bro kind of going rock star and wanted to get on it, or what kind of drew you, uh, I guess, back into um, the whole scene? Well, it kind of it happened gradually, naturally over time. Uh, our dad owned a retail store selling memorabilia, records, posters. <laughs> and all types of collectibles like that. So we kind of grew up with a secondhand retail kind of mindset. Yeah. And 
I was doing my own thing for a while, selling just just kind of reselling games, retro games. I was just really into video games. So yeah, he, he was a, a big. He had his own retro gaming festival on Long Island for a couple of years. Oh wow! Yeah, I put on like a mini con a couple times. Oh, and uh, so I was just I was doing that for a while, and then we kind of we joined forces. And yeah, we were each separately doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, was that almost, was similar. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, was this a bit of rivalry? To- like my con's better than no, your no, Game no. Boys? <laughs> no. Um, very, very supportive. And then it yeah. just, you know, made sense to just uh, join together. And, and then I, I moved to Brooklyn. So we lived down the street from each other. Right. We work in my, my office, in my apartment. So. Oh, nice. Nice. It worked out pr- pretty well. So, so Ben, are you, are you, are you a collector or again, are you able to just kind of like buy and sell and, you know, I can move this somewhere else. Or do you have things that you hold on to? I'm, I'm definitely more of a collector than Greg. I think uh, he he rubs off on me a little bit, though, to be a little less uh, sentimental. Yeah. I shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's definitely collecting, which got me into the, the selling. Yeah. And over time, you just realize it's like, okay, well, once you get in deeper and deeper into the business, aspect you keep less and less for yourself basically. yeah but yeah. i still have you know my, my collection from when i was a kid a few oh. things i'll never get rid of yeah what sort of stuff would you these days as a as an adult with your own finances what are the sort of things that you're like i'm keeping that um the these days uh the last thing i started collecting was vhs tapes oh, bitching so it was kind of a cool retro thing i i got into for a little bit yeah, I'll see if I can reach over and grab this. I'm also kind of like the the movies I grew up on. I picked this up at a uh, like a kind of a, a like a swap meet market a few weeks ago or about a month ago. So those that That's can't see, it's an original VHS of the original movie Alien. It's only the cardboard sleeve, but it's all there. Um, I'm sh- you know look at that. It's just the label and stuff. I saw this film when it when I was like ten years old. My mother should be. <laughs> she's an idiot really is <laughs> i scared the shit out of me uh but like uh, you wouldn't put this into a Wait, video your mother let you see that when yeah yeah how old were you oh maybe 10 your this... mother let you watch alien when you were 10 yeah yeah oh and jaws all sorts of stuff she's ruined me for life um wait is that is that an australian uh vhs box style or is it missing the top um, no, it's just kind of like a cardboard sleeve. Do they all come um, like that? Uh, I would say there would have been plastic versions, but this might have been, you know, at the end of the cycle. So this movie says 79. So, you know, mid to late 80s, it may have been where they're just trying to push a bunch out, sell those last couple of tens of thousand versions, and they're just, you know, they'd be in like the Kmarts or stuff for like, you know, $9 instead of the original $49 or whatever an original kind of VHS was. Um, and I guess being in cardboard, it kind of, it feels like that, you know, like a bit of Tetris cart, which is in a cardboard and it has that sort of, it has just that more aged kind of feel about it. And it's really hard to find VHS tapes now that the kind of, and there's a lot of junk around. Like my, my parents-in-law used to own a video store and she's like, Oh Lord, when we got rid of that place 15 years ago, it all just went to the tip and you're like, oh gosh um it kind of occurred to me recently i guess when you know sony decided they were going to shut the ps3 psp and psv store and someone sort of said so what if apple turned around and said all right we're not going to stock anymore hendrix zeppelin black sabbath it's just gone yeah it's weird how they don't gaming games are not looked at in the same way that music and movies are i mean i think it's coming around a little bit yet it's the biggest industry it, you know, kicks music yeah. and Hollywood to the bloody moon. Yeah, and yet, yeah, Led Zeppelin's been in print forever on every single uh, format. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, I just want to play that game Fear Effect. I don't know if you've ever played that for PlayStation, but uh, I can't get it anywhere. Oh, I'll have to have a look. What you need to have is a, get, an original get yourself a PlayStation and do the X Station mod. It's, uh, it's totally up your alley because I know you could do it. And then you can just play it. Um, with, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of comes back to the whole, like with the Game Boys and the restoration, you know, the, the resurgence of LPs in the last probably 18 to 24 months is a similar, it's a similar situation, isn't it? Yeah. 
and I think um, it might be they're they're putting out some new Game Boy games too and things like that. So I guess it's coming around. I don't know. I mean, uh, our biggest I, fe- I doubt it. Go ahead. Our biggest fear is that they catch on to it and then start kind of ruining it. You know, like Nintendo are great. They've given us so much joy, but they just have this habit mm-hmm. of just taking the fun away yeah. for a cost. They release a game for a classic or something. Yeah. yeah. And then anything with Game Boy on it is then, you know, oh, you can't do that anymore. So I guess that's our fear. Yeah. So you guys do this. I don't think t- oh, sorry, Ben. Go on. I don't think we're too worried about that aspect. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to something the other day about um, patents and things like that. And it was like when I think the, the NES patents ran out, there was this massive market of like games on, you know, clone, but well, reproduced uh, NES cartridges. Because up until that point, they had to be licensed you know, by Nintendo. Yeah. It's, and it's all of a sudden the paper went out. Everybody's like, boom, got it. So, you know, I guess if it happens, someone will be able to find something. So with, with the store, like uh, what's what's the, you guys, do you guys do this full time? Yeah. yeah. Five days a week. Living the dream, living the dream. <laughs> and and, and yeah, and what's the kind of the plan? Like, do you guys, um, I mean, some, there's obviously a few different um, companies out there that have really, you know, they're just buying more laser printers and buying all this gear and they're really kind of investing and stuff. Like where do you guys find yourself? You know, how big's your boat in the ocean? Are you just, did you want to kind of like really crank into it or are you happy with what you got? Uh, I think we, we're cranking into it as much as we can. Um, you know, everyone asks what's going to happen when the Game Boys run out. Yes. Uh, but you know there's a lot of different ways to answer that question and um one is they won't run out one is that they're not going to run out what Uh, do you say well there's at least a hundred million game boys out there okay so yeah Yeah. think about the way like uh the way a switch sells so there's thousands of people buying a switch like every hour probably around the world right yeah so they they have to be able to sustain that. And so there's a hundred million Game Boys from when they were sustaining it at that level with Game Boys. So does the retro scene and the modding scene, you know, there's modders, but then there's also people like you have right there who yeah. just want a nice original version to keep. Is that, how, how close is that demand to the original demand in 1993 or whatever? Sure. When, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I think do. it could ever compare. Like yeah. it's never going to be close otherwise they'd still be on the shelves at walmart yeah 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 i agree in a way we're also saving game boys from being yeah. you know, agreed completely destroyed or forgotten Agreed. yeah it's true sometimes people do on tiktok or whatever people will yell at yell at us for you know taking a perfectly good game boy and, and yeah. doing that too mm-hmm. but yeah some of these game boys are destined for the heap i mean for sure if we didn't bring it back to life it was an inch away from death so. yeah i, I um, just i assumed you'd say something like well we go to our secret vault in the deep dark mountain of sweden where we've got like a million of them just stashed so that when the when the when the game boy apocalypse comes we're good to go <laughs> um i wish that were true but it's um i think that uh the price is going to keep going up and uh then who knows what's going to happen we're going to have to pivot or do something else because um can't last forever but like i said people have a lot more invested in this than we do so mm-hmm. i i feel like it's not really something to totally worry about mm. in, but, uh, in, in your book greg you know there's a really great uh illustration of the all the consoles you'd owned and stuff and things you want to you know like here you've got you know playstation dreamcast xbox uh, Nintendo 64 are, are they some um, some tech that you are able to move into because I mean that just it just blows your market right up um, well yeah I mean that's the things we uh, you know you as a business person you want to diversify of course mm. but 
we haven't even fully expanded into the into every single Game Boy. We we still don't do Game Boy SPs. Mm. Um, we just can't we just can't afford the time right now. Like we we you know how, what do we we do four now, right? So uh, to to just to keep the, keep up with the volume of sales and all the different types of Game Boys mm. um, is a is a lot. I mean, to move into PlayStation and things. That might be nice. I don't know. I, I guess the market's there. I mean, Something like uh, Game Gear too. Mm. Game they're Gear. also just not as popular. Yeah. To sell. Yeah, yeah, but that'll come. I mean, everything has its its time, doesn't it? The Game Gear. I mean, we're seeing the backlights and the the power mods and you know, like re you know, shells and stuff. So, I yeah. think it's coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's always joy cons. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a million things you can mod. Yeah. 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 As long as you sort of stay happy and you're putting food on your table. Um, That's basically it. Yeah. Mm, so you guys must get like them, some big boxes of stuff. Like, I mean, if I think about if I was to sit down and say, even if I was doing like a an IPS, like we described before in a DMG, and I'm effectively opening it, if I, if I use the original shell, I'm originally opening it up, taking a board out, putting a board in. Kind of, you know, a bit of a, a wipe and a polish, and maybe some rubbers and things like that. Now, for me sitting here at my bench, my my game room, it's probably I'm gonna put some music. On, I'm gonna have a cup of coffee. I'm probably gonna go to the toilet twice. That's a couple of hours. But you guys, realistically, you could probably knock that out in like 45 minutes, and you just have you like a, a Ben's record is 17 minutes on a DMG. Oh yeah, for the DMG backlight mod with Bivert is. Uh... Yeah, I think like 19 minutes is my record. With the backlight and bivert, 19 minutes. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, the DMGs bloody. we blaze through. We do, we do 10 or 12 a day if we have the orders for it. So like, uh, you know, and also it's the two of us. So, you know, yeah. he, he, we got Holy a little assembly line too. Shit. But yeah, we bust them out. We know, Holy we know what's going shit. On. Well, that's, that's a record. So if you're out there and you can do it in... Under 19 minutes. And it's That's got, a challenge. Yeah, and it's got to function. Okay, you can't just slam it in there. Oh, I yeah. could do it in six. No, this, this is timed from once it's open to just having... No, that's it's a closed original Game Boy to the... Uh, just to having it sitting just there. Just the mod there. with yeah. no new shell. Yeah. Right. Closed okay. Game Boy to unshelled mod. 19 minutes. Okay, so is that, that like... that might a... even be for some lines in there, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's what <laughs> that just blows me away just a tiny bit. That's um, that's just so like just muscle memory, just I've just I'm doing this. Do you ever yeah. while you're sitting there and you've sort of done sixteen hundred in a day and wonder what it was like? I, I'm really interested to somehow find some footage of like an original Game Boy assembly line. Um and I'm just picturing a bunch of these sort of like 75-year-old Japanese people that are just <laughs> because you know it's kind of like we're in the era of robots, but at the same time, the profit yeah. margin was quite low. And I'm sure the, I assume the robots were building cars. Um, and I just would love to just see footage of this. Just and when I open one, like I'm a bit sentimental. I, I honestly, if I get one that needs a bit of a clean or something, or I want to just just open it up and clean the rubbers, and I I'm like, open it and I'm like, this is the first time. That sunlight yeah. has hit that board since the day it was made, and the last person that touched this, like that's a journey on its own. That's that's me. I that's what I like to do. Do you guys get those? Do you still get those moments, or is it? I mean, I personally am more more just repulsed by them than anything <laughs> else because I just think about all all the little kids who just picking their nose and eating Cheetos all day, uh, and then there's like, yeah. all that dust goes in there, and yeah. when you get a. a- the silicone pad that's just black yeah, on the inside. Just, oh my god! But there's like a roach inside it, or just oh. like some gross. Yeah. Oh. Also, I think a lot of the ones we source have been uh, tampered with or, or you know opened up before. Right. So you can so, kind of tell if missing screws or you know uh, some stuff on the inside. Yeah. Misplaced. Yeah. yeah. I, I know someone that that opened up one of those um the sort of the snares uh, um fight sticks. You know the big gray deck with all the buttons and sliders, and he said inside it was like what resembled like oatmeal. It was just a collection of like kind of earwaxy dust, broken down glue, roaches' legs and stuff. And he was just like, "Whoa!" It's like a murder scene. So 
Yeah, must be some interesting stuff. What What is kind of like, because um, we've all seen the picture of the one that got, I think it got hit in Iraq and it still functioned. Yeah. What is the most sort of like, because you, usually you get them and you're like, uh, you know, because you, I guess you buy them with um, or as lot, hasn't been tested, may function. And you probably throw a battery in every one and just make sure, yes, this one is junk. I need to work it out. What is the most sort of devastated, just totally demoralized, destroyed Game Boy that you've picked up and gone, I can't believe that still works? One that ended up working? Yeah. Then, I mean... Like anything that's coming out of a the river hard, or... The hardest thing to fix is just corrosion, I feel like. Battery corrosion or just yeah. when the, the board itself starts to just deteriorate. Yeah. It's pretty hard to... Yeah. You throw some vinegar on there, but it's, it's tough. But it's, it's, it is amazing how durable they are. They, last, they, they really take oh, yeah. a beating for, for mm. all the time. Mm. It is crazy how durable. And, and even- I, I, I've seen that that Gulf War game I've seen in person. And... uh Oh really? It, it, yeah, it's at the it's at the World Store in New York, and it's plugged in, and it, it just it's on twenty four seven, and they, they just let still it go, and it's all boiled up. Heat yeah. got to it, but the insides are fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just says something for the whole the the quality of that plastic. Then, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know you guys. You know, you sort of you, you veer a little to the side of sentimentality of particular Game Boys, but is there a particular kind of like um, model slash version, you know, like I've, I've just recently, this is just here, my Game Boys move around my room. That case there is all the sort of beautiful stuff, but I have others I pick up and they kind of, they move in a different situation depending on what I want in my field of vision. So I recently picked up this Aussie one. Um, so is there kind of like a variant of a particular one where you're like, that's, you know, that's there's something about that. I really like what it represents or uh, just those colors are great or anything like that. Because um, you're the collector, Ben. Well, there's a, we, uh, we go back and forth sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Who whose story this uh, who the oh, story yeah, belongs to? Oh, yeah. We both have the same memory of uh, being in Toys R Us or something, and our our grandpa bought <laughs> the uh, the special edition um, Tommy Hilfiger Game Boy Color. Yeah, right. There's a Tom Hilfiger Game Boy Color that's Ben has it in his room right now. Yeah. But it's just existed. It's, you know, we used to share a room as kids. Yeah. And it, it was in that room forever. Right. And we we, we probably have, both played it. And we, yeah. We probably were both there when our grandpa bought it. And I have the memory that our grandpa bought it for me. <laughs> but he says we have we're sentimental over this memory. Right. That Isn't that great? But I got but he got it for me and he got it for me with the Metal Gear Solid game. Right. He bought you the game yeah. and me the solid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game's probably worth worth it. Yeah, I'm, I'm working through that at the moment, right, actually. Yeah. It's it's really interesting to go back. There's some sort of you know, the the creator of that story is there's some sort of darkness in what he went on to do. Um and it's it's it the dialogue in that game is just so sort of there's a lot going on, so yeah, that's that's a good one to have. You talking about Kojima? Uh, is that the guy? You talking about the creator of Metal Gear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can never remember names, but yeah, uh, he, he's got some weird dialogue in his games for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a bit. I think there was always a story in what he was doing that other people kind of like. Eh, yeah. Sure, but this is still for kids, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Well, he did that Death Stranding game that came out last year for PlayStation 4. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, even I'm a huge fan, I didn't get it at all. <laughs> uh, do you guys play much? Like anything retro, new, whatever? I play a little bit here and there, yeah. but uh, mostly PlayStation stuff. Yeah. I'm definitely a Nintendo through and through. I've just been, uh, I've been slowly whittling away at the, uh, the 3D World re-release. Right, that's definitely one of my favorite Mario's. On I, I like to hundred percent it. So playing those. Oh, you're one of those hundred percenters, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm like that. You know, it's always that person's got to finish the steak or whatever the big meal is. I'm like, you know what? I've I've enjoyed the flavor here. I'm just going to have a glass of water and and just move on to the second course or whatever dessert sort of thing. That hundred percent stuff and speed running just blows me away. Like people can just. No, I'm getting this done. I'm getting this done. And that probably, um, you know, says something to about your, uh, like you can do a, 
full backlight by Vert in 19 minutes. Like that's some precision. <laughs> that's 100% right there. Patience and precision is key. Yeah, and they're very hard to mix, like to get in the same place. Um, yeah, so when you say the PlayStation stuff, Greg, is uh, sort of modern PlayStation stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a PlayStation fan, all, all PlayStation consoles, except I don't really, I don't know too much about the Vita, but the rest of them I'm a huge huge fan of. Mm. But um, the the last game that I played that I really liked was the Final Fantasy remake. Right, right. I thought that, I think that's one of the best games like ever made, basically. Yeah, like, I think it's almost like a dream. It's like it's like almost hard to believe that it even exists. I feel like. Yeah, well, your book has a lot of good illustrations, a lot of good photos, and it's very succinct. But apart from that, I really don't like reading. So uh, the Final Fantasy yeah. and JRPGs just kind of like, oh, man, just come on already. She gets it. Well, I used, I used to count them as reading when I was a teenager. People yeah. would say, Greg, you never read. I'd say, what are you talking about? I'm reading constantly. Yeah. I'm reading for 40 hours straight all That's the time. <laughs> That's so good. I'm currently kind of like dabbling at a, a time. What's that? Sorry. It's one sentence at the time yeah it's yeah like the perfect bite-sized way yeah. it's like twitter basically yeah yeah i'm currently sort of dabbling in a game called little nightmares which now has a sequel um it's this sort of darkish platformer where this sort of kid wakes up sort of in the bowels of it feels like a ship and it's just it's it's very immersive and it's very uh it's it's, it's a bunch of I don't know if it's fun. I bought it for my nine-year-old and quickly re- realized like when you walk through a room and there's like the sound of a rope and some feet and a note on the floor, you're like, this is not for nine-year-olds. Like I'm not into horror. That is was it my- scary as aliens? Yeah. Ah, man, maybe. I don't know. That's where my daughter goes back, says one day, my dad played this game with me and blah, blah, blah. What a wanker, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> hmm. All right, Cooley. Well, we might uh, sort of move on. Like like you guys have sort of made it quite clear that, you know, you weren't always game changer mods. And, you know, at some point you were contacting other people and sort of going, hey, check out my store and this and that and the other. I, I really like it when we can sort of, you know, turn the, the spotlight towards other people that we sort of see that are, you know, they're that in that early stages of doing what's what, what we all love. And I always ask that you guys um, kind of, Give us a couple of names. Uh, I generally kind of just stalk around um, Instagram and find a few people, but it's not it's not restricted to just Instagram. You know, it's not just restricted to to Game Boys or retro gaming either. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to, yeah, kick the can for a few people now if you like. I mean, you actually did looking at your uh, your previous nine uh, casts there. Right, you got a pretty good eye. Like, I think you picked some some winners. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll shout out Greg on TikTok because well, he he's been doing shout outs there for for smaller. That's modders. yeah. In, on TikTok, I do a little uh, rundown of, of who's who's doing good mods of the week kind of thing. Okay. All and, right. uh, well, that's yeah. You could, that's the easy way of just like saying, "Oh, there's lots. Just go over there and check it out." Um, <laughs> and, well, you can also put pictures on there. It's good, but but um. It's crazy. Like I said, like every day on my Instagram, I feel like I, I've uh, like created created these monsters or something like that because I get new modders following me every day, and some of them I'll see and I'll be like, "Oh, this person's cool, doing cool shit." Like, "Oh, mm. I, I didn't, I didn't know." And they'll have a couple pictures up, and it's mm. something I, I couldn't do or I hadn't thought of. Mm. Um, but then I see I see a lot of people too who are like you know watch this space the mods are coming soon and they got they got everything picked out they have their name and everything and they're ready to go and um, so yeah who knows what's coming from those people I and mean, it's just so crazy how many people are out there doing this right now yeah it but, it, take, um, it takes a bit of work just to hold up that end of it doesn't it like to it's such a competitive kind of space even if you just kind of work on Instagram like I've had Instagram for a few years. I got like a couple of thousand followers, but it's over like four or five hobbies. Um, but just to kind of keep what you're doing interesting. And I think if you're kind of like, if you're forcing it, if you're like, I'm taking this picture, I'm taking that picture and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Like that's where people start to sort of go, oh yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's, well, a, there's a lack that's, of passion. That's, yeah. That's like the, that's the, the sort of general problem with Instagram is that, 
you know, you want to get those photos and make it look like you've got it all, all popping off and everything. But um, I think that's one advantage that we have, especially when it comes to that, is that we go, we go through so many mods and we're just making them at such a clip that we've always got something cool to take a picture of. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess there are people out there who are like uh, definitely styling their boys and uh, trying to, trying to, maybe maybe putting the instagram first or something like that but um yeah bottom line i think it's hard to uh someone actually i don't know you saw my uh ask me thing on instagram today but someone asked you know what's the cost of, of doing a game boy it's actually not cheap you know like yeah we sell them for a lot but get the supplies is not nothing and if you're right. like a 14 year old or, or 20 or just someone who doesn't really have a job or has tight funds to put together five or six mods is like a huge investment. If they, if they, if you're trying to start your business out and they don't start selling, then you're stuck with five expensive mods that you got to sort of keep showcasing and stuff. And so yeah, yeah. it is, uh, you know, you got to find a good balance there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think people um, that either want to get into it or uh, want to purchase, not quite understand the, the inner workings, you know, just to, just to get hold of like, this is where I kind of want, Craig from Retro Games sort of come on and sort of explain. I want to have a website and I want to have stuff available and I want to have, you know, 40, 50 different items that you can just go, give me two of those, three of those, and four of those. Because if you don't, I'm going to go over there and buy them because right. they've got yeah. them. Because I'm not going to pay double shipping because I like those buttons. I'll just buy a different shade. Um, right. And people probably don't appreciate the the logistics and the financial commitment to have all of that sitting ready to go and like yeah. massive ceramic balls on the people that really throw millions of dollars into it uh and thousands even in like still a big ask this day and age yeah look what i had one um uh pixel juice uh now when i kind of i was flicking through and i was like oh what's this about zach from pixel juice the first thing i saw was his logo and it's a like a like a a, a juice box which is sort of half full, which is also a Game Boy. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, that's cool. So I would recommend everybody go over and check out what Zach's up to. Um, yeah, a lot of the times it's sort of, oh, it's another Game Boy, it's another Game Boy, but there's just something about what Zach's doing. You know, he's really covering his bases. It looks to me like, you know, he's collecting and he's really enjoying it. Um, there's a, a nice thing here about some vertical lines. I love seeing a win. Um, so, yeah, get by. <laughs> I do. I've recently got one with horizontal lines and I gave it a go and yeah. Oh, well, you know, the, the screen's still there. Someone will come up with the technology and we'll just sort it. But until then, it's just, I've labeled it. This is from the green play it loud. So yeah, go check out Zach at pixel juice. Um, all right. Well, look, uh, I've, I've got to, I've got a few other things, but before I do, I might just, just leave it open to you guys. Is there anything else that you wanted to say or, or bring up or promote or anything that uh, you kind of want to add to the conversation here? No, I think it's going good. Ben, you got anything? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Easy I to mean, place. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our motto. Yeah. As, as long as I get to do seven biverts a day, I'm happy. That's what Ben said. <laughs> Uh, uh, that honestly blows me away because my bivert I did the first time I, I fired it up, it seemed okay. And I put a couple of different carts in like a, a tennis cart and half of the image wasn't there. And I was like, what? Yeah. This is bullshit. So then when I kind of went back and just reflowed, I think like one of the power pins and it came good. Yeah. Um, but between that and the, um, the Newton rings, like it, it wasn't easy. Um, I've had a couple of friends that have kind of got into it and, other people that have already in retro gaming, he's like, hey, I'm going to do a pocket. And just it just went all bad for him. He got a Q5 screen. And it's like when someone says, I want to get into this. And you're like, you feel like giving a bit of a questionnaire about soldering skills or do you have the right screwdriver or do you have a space? Like if you want to do this in this kitchen, kitchen table between dinner and breakfast, you know, things might go wrong for you. And it's really hard to kind of advise someone to take, especially when you're someone like me that's like, do I want to get this person to take a perfectly good Game Boy, which I would rather see restored and potentially butcher it? Um, and I've had one mate who I know can solder and he's had a really good result. Had another mate that you know is an excellent gamer and it went bad for him and he sent it to someone else and they resolved it. So, well, you know, 
you got to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet. You do. Yeah. You do. And Greg will always say, don't don't use your childhood Game Boy. Yeah, start. don't use your yeah. childhood. I have, I have my child. We got our Game Boys. They're safe. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Nat has like reshelled her childhood Game Boy like 15 times or something. I can't remember the exact number. Um, because she's like, this is the one I got. And I'm just like, I just need to test everything. Ah, no sentimentality when you're like a mad scientist. It's just like, right, yeah. like just take the arm from one child and the leg from another child and stitch it all together. Cool. All right. So I had you guys on. This is the tenth episode. So I, uh, I really do appreciate. It. For me, um, I, I try not to fanboy too much. I really do love this book. I really do. You know, I've talked about it a bit. Um, it just gives you a way to sort of slow down and just appreciate what it is. You know, maybe flick through it before you hack up that one, which you think isn't quite as bad as you think. Um, and then appreciate when you do that, you know, it's had, it's had a previous life. So I am going to say, this is a great book. Um, pick it up for yourself, pick it up for a friend. I think it would be an excellent gift for anybody. It's that, excellent. Yeah. It loves game boys. I think it, like when I, op- when I opened that Christmas present, I was totally surprised that my wife was, like in she's like i got you this and i was i was like amazing you know and it's just it's great just to have around and flick through and you will learn something and i think it'll come full circle where the original one the original game boys in original states will just kind of they will always hold value um i think that's probably the thing about the, the ips modded ones is like there's so many out there but the, the originals are great so there's the book um so 10th episode so we've done a giveaway so those of you that are listening now and you're like uh drum roll you know how you entered yeah you went to retrogamestore.com.au you did some tagging you did some liking all that sort of stuff and you threw your name in the hat um beautiful pocket um beautiful beautiful refurbished pocket with an ips screen um the gorgeous that silver famitsu no led lens um, I kind of am jealous, but I was told I cannot put my name in. So that's that's how it works. <laughs> so so I really just want to say thank you to everybody that's um, 10 episodes. It has only been 10 weeks. But for me, like I said to you guys, it feels like it's been months and, you know, six, seven, eight months because I just meet new people all the time. Guys like like you, Greg and Ben that, and ladies that come on and just willing to sort of um, share your experience because, you know, there's industries and there's hobbies where people are really like, I don't want to tell people about stuff because this is what I do for a living. And, you know, that's sort of that knowledge hoarding and that's, that's no fun at all. Um, and there's been a number of people that have got to contact me and sort of said, look, it's so great to hear this person's voice. You know, there's going to be people out there yeah. that have, they've got this book and, and here's Greg and Ben talking about it, like real people, you know, there's, yeah. there's stories in this book about your brother handing your stuff down, Greg, and, then your experiences growing up, gaming, you know, this well, I did 40 hours of reading a day. What are you talking about? And then to hear someone's voice and to, and the next time pick up that book and go, it's a real person, you know, and the last year or two has been sort of tough. Yeah. So a lot of people have sort of said to me, thank you for making that person's voice available. Um, I can now through all my DMs, I can translate that person's voice. You know, yeah. I think that, that's really, really, really great. So that being said, Thank you, everybody, that's come this far. I have plenty of plans. I have, like, episodes scheduled out. It's crazy. I should stop over-scheduling, but I just do. I like to lock it in. Um, and so the winner of the uh, retrogamestore.com.au uh, pocket as per the 10th episode giveaway is one word on Instagram, Matt Woodcock. So uh, applause to Matt. Hey. Well yep. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, so Matt, uh, Matt Woodcock, I assume your name's Matt. Um, you're going to be contacted within a, a couple of days of this dropping, um, and uh, Craig will get to you, and, mate, you're going to be extremely happy. So, um, yeah, all that being said, um, it's Friday night there for you guys in Brooklyn. I don't know what your plans are, yeah. but um, I really do appreciate you taking this time to come and sit with me. And, of and course. Share. And uh, I, I try not to go too fanboy. And Ben, don't for a second think it wasn't great to meet you. It is a uh, nineteen-minute bivert. That's 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 it. It's out there, people. <laughs> it's got to be on video though. Closed Game Boy to then. Does it have to be powered? Does it have to be powered to see the bivert operating? Or yeah, it's got to turn on. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, we're talking fully functioning, ready, ready to shell. 
Yeah. Ready to shell. Ready to shell. That's right. Uh, so we got we to gotta put the video out there and drop the gauntlet, I guess. 19 yeah. challenge. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can break the record on the video. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> and there's like no Game Boys were harmed during the making of this video. <laughs> Only made yeah, better. So, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So great to meet you both. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. All right. You, we did, have a, yeah. you have a great weekend and I'll, uh, I'll catch you around. Hey. Okay, cool. Take it easy.